Ready to count it down? This is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez, once. I don't fucking know. Doce. Doce. Trece. Catorce. Quince. It's Desi. Sixteen. That's the Goes with the margs. Exactly. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast where myself, Renee Sanchez, and my buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch rom-coms. And then immediately talk into microphones and record our conversations for your listening pleasure. Damn right. And tonight is an unofficial two-parter. Two-part episode. Yes, we told you the first part. Tonight we watched No Strings Attached. After we recorded the podcast and we talked about it a little bit, we came up with the second part, which we'll tell you at the end of this episode. So, yes. Yes. But it is related, so therefore it is like kind of an unofficial two-part episode. Yes. So. And in that second episode, which we're going to be fi- recording tonight, but it'll be coming out next week. Yeah, we might as well just admit us. it. Nah, nah. We'll, we'll no, see. no, no. I admit that we're uh, what we're doing tonight. What our oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight, yeah. Yeah, we're going to watch the movie after we record this, pod- this episode. Yeah. And then we're going to record that one, and that's going to be even more Margaritas Deep. Oh yeah, and I'm sure you saw our post on our on our social "Romancing the Stone" podcast on Instagram. Um, yeah, so we're gonna be uh, yep. fully inebriated for that second episode. That was something to look forward to, and that one will be coming on the 16th, the day yeah. before St. Patty's. So damn right, yeah. So you guys can have that. That means all on a Friday night after we've both had a work day. Yes, we come home and immediately start watching a movie. Then recording this episode, then we're going to go back and watch another movie, and then, then record an episode. <laughs> yeah. So we have a stockpile of margarita fixings, which, uh, you know, yours truly is damn good at making. I don't mean to brag. Damn good. Yes, indeed. Not not this whole, like, oh, Jose Cuervo margarita mix in a blender yep. shit. No, 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 no. Fuck that shit. No, 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 We're talking... First off, Maestro do Bell tequila. Damn right. Only the finest. Mm-hmm. We're talking lime juice. Fresh lime juice. Fresh lime juice. Mm-hmm. We're talking a little bit of salt. Mm-hmm. A little bit of triple sec. A little bit of triple sec. A little bit of simple syrup. A little bit of simple syrup. And a little bit of lime-infused simple syrup admixture. Yeah. You can't fuck with that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You can't fuck without a Friday night yeah. after a long ass work week. This is how you bromance rom coms <laughs> on a Friday night. All right. So we watch some rom coms. We have some romantic discussions <laughs> about those rom coms, but we do it in style with some homemade margaritas. You're damn right. As we put, the, so, <laughs> as I came up with the very first thought when we came up with the fucking caption for the post on the story. 
Brogaritas. And that's it, even that's work. Our, it doesn't work. It's it not even work. it's not even real. I am ashamed by it, but I keep saying it. Brogaritas. I I support it. <laughs> As your friend, I support it. I appreciate it. But it was bad. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, as we mentioned, as we mentioned, we watched No Strings Attached, and No Strings Attached is a no. Oh, well, before we get into that, what? No, is go for it. First, just, just go for it. Just what's go your for first it. memory of the movie, though? Like, oh, um, so I, I should have actually thought more about that. Um, I don't consciously remember a, a first memory. I know I've seen this plenty, not plenty of times, but a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, I want to say I, I heard it, or not heard it, I watched it. Um, I want to say I watched it sometime in college, or I guess it would have after college. It was 2011. Right? Yeah. Huh. I associate with college for some reason. Probably because I, you know, I associate with that period yeah. of my life of being yeah. represented in the movie. But um, yeah, I guess I don't really have a conscious first memory. But um, I, I guess I, I picked it because I, I just, I dig it. Like I, I relate. We'll go into this as we get into the movie, but um, I relate so fucking hard to so many things about this movie. Like there are so many elements, so many like parts of it that I completely get. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, and that's, I, I, I dig it. It's, it's a, it's a nice, it's my kind of rom-com. It's a very, just like 2000s, even though it was 2011, um, just typical, like pre thirties rom-com for me. Like that was my, that's my pre thirties adult life. To a fucking T. Some would call that your 20s. Some would call that. (laughs) Zero Margaritas Deep Max (laughs) would also call that his 20s. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Yes. So (laughs) this is your first memory, correct? This is, yeah, this is the first time I've watched this movie. So Um, I was your first time? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I remember hearing about this. I remember seeing, like, posters when it came out and everything else, but I didn't go see it. Um, I just kind of thought of it as an afterthought. Like, Ashley Kutcher, Natalie Portman are, like, actors where if they're in a movie... I'm like, oh, that's cool. But, like, they're not the kind of actors that I'm just like, I have to see it. Right. Um, but So, um, my first, like, memory memory of it, though, is that, uh, I mean, I watched and loved New Girl. <clears throat> and the writer of this movie, Liz Merriweather, which we'll talk about here shortly, wrote New Girl. She did? Yes. Oh, is that why Jake Johnson created- was on both? And so there was an, uh, an interview I remember on a podcast where Jake Johnson talked about how he was in this movie. And he talked about his experience on this movie. And that's how he met Liz Merriweather and mm. got to work with her at first. Um, and so that's how I found out. Like, so that's my first memory. As I think about that podcast, I, mean, I think it was an episode of back when it was Grantland. It's now called The Watch on the Ringer Podcast Network. 
is the podcast, but it's their TV podcast. And then Andy Greenwald interviewed Jake Johnson at Grantland for a podcast. And I forget what the podcast was called at Grantland, but I just think of that interview and Jake Johnson talking about his experience filming the movie and working with Liz Merriweather and how at the time of this movie, she had also written a pilot for or for TV called Chicks and Dicks, which ended up becoming <laughs> New Girl. Wait, really? Yes. That was the original title of it? Yes. And I guess Chicks and Dicks was a lot more raunchier than what New Girl ended up becoming. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So That's such a better name. I know. They should have totally... Yeah. So... Uh, I wonder if they, they should have at least kept that for like, um, uh, what was the game they played? The drinking game? Uh, True American. True American. That should have been the drinking game. It was like <laughs> well, chicks and dicks or something. I mean, but it has nothing to do with, with presidents. Yeah, that's true. And you can't yell. Well, they should have made a drinking and game. And you can't for, yell, JFK, FDR. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or whatever else they would yell. One of the better parts of that show. Yeah. I mean, it's big part of the my favorite episode of that show yeah which is the episode cooler which is in the middle of the second season is that the, that's the episode where nick and jess kiss what's the episode where uh, you know what never mind it's not worth going through i mean we can have a separate new girl podcast yeah, and yeah, go yeah, through yeah, it episode can, by episode there we go there's our there's our spinoff that's series. our spinoff second podcast yeah. that we do <gasps> when we, we just do start doing like rom-com sitcoms i know we could totally do that. Oh, my God. We could totally... You guys, you just heard our spinoff. All right, so we're doing a spinoff. Yeah, we're going to do a spinoff. We're going to do We're gonna do the 5,000 rom-com movies yeah, in the world first, the and then when we're done... Yeah, yeah we're once do we get a greater following, then we'll have a spinoff podcast, and then you yeah. can look out for two episodes a week, one from this for movies and one for TV. There you go. There you go. Bing, God. bang, boom. God, we're brilliant. We're creating a podcast network, guys. We are. <laughs> Should we contact Oprah? Like, do you think for, she would want to buy yeah. stock? We contact the Angel Network for funding. Yes. <laughs> Which we will then pocket and keep our day jobs. HBO, hello. Do you want, <laughs> you want in? We continually ask for their sponsorship. Because then we can get a free HBO Go. It's their loss. Yeah. It's their loss. I know. Whatever. Anyway. They could have free margaritas. Yes. So, no strings attached. You, I mean, have you tasted my margaritas? No, you haven't, because you're not our sponsor. No right. strings attached is a 2011 American romantic comedy film. Hit us with some facts. It was directed by Ivan Reitman, who uh, also uh, he uh, is the owner of the Montecito Picture Company, and he's also the guy uh, in the uh, at the beginning dance sequence on that show mm -hmm. he's the one who says cut great guys we'll film it again in oh five. really that's ivan reitman he's the director of yeah of adam's show in the movie yeah oh. he's the one who says cut we'll do it again so he's uh notable films he's directed is include meatballs stripes ghostbusters twins kindergarten cop uh, yeah and so which uh, is where the reference to um Rick Moranis came from because he did yeah, Ghostbusters. That, that probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned, it was written by Elizabeth Merriweather, who also wrote, new, wrote Create a New Girl and ran that show. Um, and uh, it stars Natalie Portman and Nash and Kutcher. The film is about two friends who decide to make a pact to have no strings attached, a no-strings-attached relationship without falling in love with each other. This film was released... On January 21st, 
January so a couple 21st. weeks before Valentine's Day, but still okay. close enough. Uh, you, the you give my heart or er, what is premature ventricular contractions. <laughs> and then uh, the list of actors: it's Natalie Portman got first billing over Ashton Kutcher. Wow. Yeah. And then third is Carrie L. Elwes. I never know how to say it. Elwes. Who the hell is that? That was Dr. Metzger. What? Yeah, he got third billing. Why? Who is he, he? He is. He played Wesley in The Princess Bride. That's the big... Oh my god, that's Wesley? Yeah. No. As you wish, which is a movie we'll probably do at some point in the podcast. No. It's a rom-com. Oh my god. No, I mean, that's, no, but that's I him. didn't yeah. recognize him. Yep. All, wait, really? Yeah, and then uh, Kevin Klein. Got, it's the the beard totally threw me I off. Know. And then Kevin Klein, the dad, got fourth billing. And I that's mean, it. Kevin Klein, I get. Yeah. No Luda? Ludacris didn't Luda. get listed. Jake Johnson didn't get listed. Greta Gerwig, who played Patrice, didn't get listed. Mindy, Mindy Kaling didn't Mindy get Kaling, listed. Mindy Kaling, yeah. There are a lot of future stars in this movie who were not quite stars or not quite known yet. Like, that were in this movie. Like, a lot of really good actors who got to play supporting parts. That's Wesley? Yeah. God, it doesn't look like him. That's still blowing my mind. I know. And uh, what is the running time of the movie? You know, I actually happened to see it. And I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. (laughs) I actually made a mental note of it. And that, apparently, my mental notepad is just water. Like, it doesn't actually hold any notes. Uh, 108 minutes? Is that what it was? <laughs> that is what it is. Okay, so up. I did remember yeah. it. Okay. 108 minutes, rounded up. Yeah. Uh, and then the budget for the film was $25 million, which... That's not bad. Yeah, that's half of what How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, especially considering the... Pretty big name actors that they had in it. Mm-hmm. Like Ashton Kutcher was no slouch at the time. He yeah. was a huge I mean, rom com. Most star. of it was probably spent on Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, but right. then at the same time, you have Ashton Kutcher driving that Beamer, that old Beamer, so mm-hmm. that was probably cheap. Mm-hmm. Like the areas that they filmed, like they filmed yeah. in the same area. So. Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot of like big sets. A lot of them were public places. A lot of them, yeah. Like um, they. And they reused settings mm-hmm. like uh, that. So, I mean, you can film a lot of different scenes. Like when uh, Greta Gerwig and Jake Johnson's characters meet Jake's two dads. Yeah. It's at the same little market that they had the first initial well, movie yeah, in almost LA. Like a lot of the scenes and throughout the whole movie were in public places, like outdoors, like already yeah. pre-existing <coughs> places in L.A. They use the same bar for uh, when Ashton Kutcher gets drunk initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, to when he goes and sees that band playing 99 Problems yep. and gets that first initial text. And then also the Christmas party that he goes to. Mm-hmm. All of it's in the same exact bar. Yep. So, yeah. So budget was $25 million. How much did it make? Um, God, I always over... I always overestimate. Um, I'm going to be conservative and say 100 mil. 
$149.2 million. Nice. I'm proud of them. So almost six times. Wow, that's really good. That is incredible. That was that is an unmitigated success right there from this movie. Uh, out of curiosity, you have the Rotten Tomatoes score. Not that not that we should turn to Rotten Tomatoes. It's still good to, you know, think about and look at. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 49%. So Damn. Right down the middle. Okay. Not horror. I mean, for a rom-com. For a rom-com, that's not bad. I take it. That's not you bad. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, Max. Yes. Do you have some tasty tidbits for this movie? I do. All I right. Do. All right, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what that was. We're, God, this is going to be a long fucking night. <laughs> we're, already, <laughs> we're already breaking out the accents. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, okay, yeah, I don't I don't have too many for either either movie, but I have a couple. I have some. Yeah, which we haven't announced that second movie, but you'll find out at the end of the podcast. Yeah, you'll find out. Right. You already know. But yeah, we know, but you know. All right. All right. Anyway, go right ahead. So the original script was uh, written and presented and sold under the name what? No, it wasn't Chicks and Dicks. No, it was something even more blatantly raunchy. Oh, and... fuck, fuck Buddies. Yes. Yes, I remember hearing that too. Yeah. Fuck Buddies. Yeah, yeah Liz Mayweather does, she just, you can tell in her writing, like the very first scene of this movie with the punchline of that whole conversation that the two kids have at the camp is, can I finger you? <laughs> like, that's the punchline. <laughs> that's the fucking punchline. It's, it's like, like goddamn. You, know, you know what's rated R. You know what kind of punchlines are getting. You know how abrasive it's about to be. Well, even, that's Liz May. Right even towards it. the end when uh, Natalie Portman gets off the phone and she realizes that, you know, when Ashton Kutcher hangs up on her. Yeah. And doesn't want to talk to her anymore. Yeah. And she's talking with her sister. Yeah. She hangs up and she just goes, fuck. Yeah. Like, that's it. And like, nobody reacts that way in a movie. But everyone reacts that way in real everyone life. Everyone acts that way in real life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least, we'll, you know, most people. Yeah, we'll talk more um, in a second about that. So, of course, that didn't make it past the MPAA. Of course. Of course. Uh, so they changed it to Friends with Benefits. Interesting. Uh, which they changed for obvious reasons, which we'll get into eventually. <laughs> just more hints being just dropped. Hints. More hints being just, dropped. That's not even a hint. That's just that's a, just blatant. Yeah. yeah anyway. Just, anyway. Anyway. Secret. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Natalie Portman was actually originally just the producer. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. She originally joined as the producer, not a cast member at all. Mm-hmm. And she she did stay on as actually an executive producer. But of course, got to make that money. Yeah, but then she then she wanted to uh, then she wanted to act in it too. Um, she actually credited to her production company, which is Handsome Charlie Films. Okay. I don't really know the story behind that name, but. Me either. A lot of production companies have weird names that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Ashton Kutcher later admitted in an interview that he dated, or he hated, he hated doing the sex scenes. That, yeah. 
it's tough to do. Well, he said that the sex scenes in movies take so long or so tedious to do that it's like mm-hmm. it, it, you lose all the chemistry. It's work. It's a lot of like it's a whole day at least mm-hmm. just doing the same scene over and over. And you kind of like do stuff until the guy says take or cut, not take. Yeah. And so they're like the whole time you're just kind of like going with it. And then even in your head, you're thinking, okay, that was bad. Like, are we really, are we still going? Like he hasn't said cut yet. Okay. I guess we're, I guess we're still going. So we gotta, you just keep going and it's, it gets awkward. And yeah, yeah, then you gotta, then he finally says cut and then you gotta do it over again. And like, yeah. So he's like, that was great. Let's do it again. Yeah. It's too tedious and it, it, it sucked. Um, and then, so the the scene at the end where, or not at the end, but towards the end where they finish Adam's, Ashton Kutcher's character, mm-hmm. his uh, his filming of the episode, a high school musical-ish yeah. episode, uh, Ludacris and Ashton Kutcher and Jake Johnson all toast with like a glass of cognac. Yeah, I saw his cognac. Do you know who owns that brand of cognac? Luda? Luda! Luda! Uh, I'm not surprised. It's called Conjure. Interesting. Okay. And yeah, he owns it. Um, let's see. Actually, uh, in an interview, actually, I, I fully recommend this. I didn't want to write all this down because it, it kind of gets to kind of tease. I wanted to keep the tease to this kind of short from now on, or at least for the next couple episodes, give people a break. <laughs> um but I highly recommend for both this movie and the next movie that we watch, there are there are a couple of good interviews that I highly recommend, especially for this one. There's an interview that involves, um, I think, what's her name? Elizabeth Merriweather? Yeah. Okay. It involves her and maybe another producer, Ann Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. And it's it's it was fantastic to read because, like, Natalie Portman is exactly what you would expect and exactly what... I personally at least want out of her. Like she is, that's, that's her. Yeah. She's not acting. That's her in yeah, that movie. That doesn't surprise me. So like reading the transcript and Ashton Kutcher, same thing. Like, yeah, he's a legitimately decent guy, but he's like goofy and weird and awkward mm-hmm. and, but like all the right amount, you know? So like here, like reading the transcript of them bantering was hilarious. Yeah. And like, Every other joke was a short joke against Natalie Portman. Like Ashton Kutcher was just calling her a child and all this stuff. It was hilarious. Um, but anyway, the one thing that I did take away from it that I thought was worth noting was um, they asked Natalie Portman if she created a backstory for the character to sort of figure out how she, you know, how that character got to this point, how she became kind of closed up. And I thought this was interesting because I thought it applied to a lot of people. And I, I know it's applied. I know it's applied to me personally, and I know it's applied to people I've dated, so I thought it was worth bringing it up. So, Natalie Portman said, uh, absolutely, I I created a backstory. I think most women know someone like this. If they're not like this themselves, they know what happens that leads you down, or leads you to a point where you're not even looking for intimacy anymore. You're just looking for the physical side and not the emotional side of it. But something breaks a little bit before you get to that point. It's not. It's just not the way you were born. And I thought that was. I thought that was worth pointing out because this. This. I thought it was a good, almost segue into the movie. 
from the Tasty Tidbits because this whole movie is about sex. This whole movie is about no strings attached. Yeah. And something in a lot of people's minds, I feel like, triggers you to think that's the dream. Like, to have to have yeah. fulfillment and joy without any of the emotional complications or um, vulnerabilities. Yeah, that's the stereotypical dream. Right. Um, and no matter how hard we try, at the end of the day, that's just not how we're wired. And the longer you deny yourself that, the harder life is going to be. And you might be able to tell yourself that life is hard when you are vulnerable and, and emotional, but trust me, it's a lot harder when you're not. And I, I'm glad that she was able to, to recognize that and try to give that character a backstory. And there's a lot more in that interview that goes into that. Mm-hmm. But I thought this, that was a, a good little like snippet from it. But um, yeah, they, they actually discuss a lot of like the sex stuff. They, they talk about safe sex. They talk about, you know, because they, they advocated for using a condom right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. So there was actually a lot of a lot more conscious decisions in this movie than I would have expected, I guess. Yeah, which aids in its qual- aids the quality. Yeah. Of the movie. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, when you when a movie is thought about and care is taken in the decisions used in a movie, off screen, it comes through on screen. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like for instance, when Harry met Sally, it was two friends in Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. Who yeah. were, took great care? That's a good point. Took great care in bringing their real life friendship through on screen in this story. Mm-hmm. But they were they were you could tell how much they cared about this story, like all the decisions made for their friendship to come through on a screen, and it aided in the quality of that movie, which we both regard as you know possibly the best one we've reviewed so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, lastly, just one little tasty tidbit for, for those of you who don't know. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are actually married. married. Yep. Um, and uh, Mila Kunis actually stars in a, in a similar film. Huh. Um, well, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, uh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. So, okay. so they both starred in, in films with similar, you know, themes to them huh, you know, interesting it's, 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 it's just a, it's a coincidence right there i'm not gonna, not gonna talk about that we should have chosen that keep going keep going the only uh the only thing i was the only thing i was gonna say to that was um they, their relationship actually started this way. Oh wow! They actually tried having a no strings attached relationship. Huh? And of course, they actually fell in love. Yeah. So, moral of the story is, don't fucking try it, <laughs> unless you acknowledge that there is a very, very, very real possibility that it will turn into something. If sex is being had and orgasms are going down, there's going to be some sort of feelings attached. Even if you don't want it to be. Yeah, some level of feeling. There's like, some even if it's, level of feeling. Even if you cover it up and it's the most... Even if the feeling is disgust and hatred, <laughs> there's still a feeling that's attached <laughs> after an orgasm is had. 
Because sometimes after even if it's utter disappointment, yeah. it's still a feeling. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Oh my god. So that's it. That's that's uh, that's the taste tidbits for you. Well, I. The second to last tidbit where you mentioned Natalie Portman and the backstory behind mm-hmm. her character and everything else like that. I want to start there. But I'm looking at my glass. <laughs> you want another drink? It's quite empty. Right, and yours is drink. quite empty as well. So what we're going to do, people, is we're going to give you a little nice musical interlude here. And when we come back, we'll start the review of the movie. And we're back. Thank you for listening to that musical interlude as I got me some drink. Some drink. But yes, so let's talk about the movie. Let's talk and about it. First thing about, as I mentioned in the Tasty Tidbits there, I wanted to talk about Natalie Portman's like backstory of why she was the way she was. That was the one flaw I found in the movie. What, it, her character? Like... Why? It was the why she was so closed off. Like, I get people are that closed off to to love and, and as a defense mechanism. I, I get all of that. But it, there wasn't necessarily a motivation for that choice that was present on the screen. No, there really wasn't. And, like, in the interview, they mentioned, like, what was the motivation. And so it's nice to hear that in an interview after the fact. Yeah. And... When you meet people in real life, in real life, sometimes people are just like that, and you don't get the exactly. motivation. They, it's just as I mentioned, a defense mechanism, which is very easy to do for women, especially because this world is kind of fucked up to women. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and so it's very easy as a woman to just be like, uh, I don't trust anyone. I don't trust any of you motherfuckers. So I'm just gonna go the opposite way and be aggressive toward not putting myself out there and not being emotionally available because that's a sense of yeah. protecting myself. That all is well and good in real life, but when you're, ma- when you're making a movie, you can't just use the, well, that happens in real life as a reasoning behind it that you have to actually show and tell. A movie has to show and tell, mm, Okay, in my opinion. No, I see your point. And that was the one thing I felt like, you know, why is she like this sort of thing? And you never really get it. I mean, other than she just seemed like she just made that choice as a human being to be that way. Mm. And, you know, she was smart. So therefore, she just chose that as a sense of, you know, saving herself from the possibility of hurt. Yeah. And then she ended up getting hurt anyway. Because yeah. she because she was so steadfast against it. As I said, that was the one thing I, I found a flaw in. And even then, as you can see, there's ways of talking around it and finding reasoning behind it. Right. There's also the fact that Liz Merriweather wrote this. Therefore, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like it is so funny. You it like you, so, you like the humor? I mean, Liz Merriweather. You did laugh quite a bit. I was, I, I was surprised. I, I watched glad. every episode of New Girl, like, and I've seen most of those episodes multiple times. Like, there, when I'm sick with a cold, I usually put New Girl on and just fall asleep with when my fever overtakes me 
with New Girl <laughs> playing on in the background. Well, like, that is, like, I love that that's, show. That's Friends or or some shitty sci-fi like Friends show. Yeah, me, yeah. Or the other, yeah, New Girl is what Friends is to other people. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Friends. <laughs> um, but the writing in this movie, there's some punchlines that are just fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like, and the one thing that I found the funniest, I told you to pause it, was when Jake Johnson and Greta Gerwig, I forget what their characters' names are, but after... Um, I don't know that we ever... Ian, maybe? Eli. Eli and Patrice. I knew it. I knew oh, there we Patrice, go, yeah. But, like, <laughs> when they're having a romantic dinner after the date goes wrong, mm-hmm. they have the romantic dinner, and then there's just the slow pan to Lake Bell's character just sitting on the couch, yep. eating a chicken leg. <laughs> Just sitting there, <laughs> waiting. And it's like, they continued on with the date. With her just yep. sitting there, waiting for... Having a romantic come. conversation, yes. too. Like, they were... Like, we start that scene with them. You're a really good cook. Yeah. Like, uh, having, yeah, like... I, this I whole just threw this together, this yeah. Yeah. Like, they're having sweet conversation, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, oh, there's... Just happens to be there eating, eating their food. Eating a turkey, eating a chicken leg, just, like, doing whatever. Like... I I had you pause it because I was laughing so hard and I couldn't focus on anything. And I'm just like, that's a, just an amazing just like little joke right there. That's just, and that's the kind of joke, like it just, I get how some people would be like, that's not that funny. But to me, that's hilarious. That hits my funny bone the exact perfect amount. And so this movie was just full of those moments because, like, Liz Merriweather's writing is right down my alley. And Ivan Reitman, as you as I went through his filmography earlier, knows how to fucking direct. Yeah. And so it comes through. Like, it's just, it's a lot of really talented people taking what could easily be a, just another rom-com. Yeah. Like, another... It could just be another throwaway rom-com that could be hastily done with half the effort. Exactly. And you could just put it out there in the world, and it could be an easily fuckable movie and move on, whatever. I loved but, all the little, like, ty- not even subplots, the little, like, moments aside from the main plot. Like, yeah, the the uh, Lake Bell constantly yelling at the, the mm-hmm. teenage actor that's taking or showing. Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Fuck you, Chuck. God damn it, Chuck. <laughs> put put away your phone, Chuck. Like stop showing pictures of your dick, Chuck. You're very talented, Chuck, but I won't. But fuck you. <laughs> like little things like that, or his his complicated relationship with his dad, or yeah. like the his ex-girlfriend with his dad. Like all those like subplots and even like sub subplots, like all of those little things didn't need to be there at yeah. all. Yeah. But, but it's just they were and they made it that much better and that much more not realistic but i guess complete to me it was just yeah it was just a bunch of talented people putting more effort into the movie than others would i think like with rom-coms especially effort goes a long way yeah because because if you don't put the effort into it, we don't feel that chemistry. We don't feel that yeah. connection. We don't feel the emotions. And that's what rom-coms are about. You need to feel we something. We talked about that in the very last episode. It happened one night. Mm-hmm. 
the two actors did not like the script. Mm -mm. So, like, they were incredibly talented, so it still came through pretty nice on the screen, but there was an extra level they could have gone to, Mm -hmm. and they didn't, Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to be there. Right. This movie is not, like, is not necessarily, like, reinventing the wheel, and to go back to right. an analogy I've used before, it's the whole fried chicken thing. They're frying chicken, but they have their own special recipe. And mm-hmm. goddamn it, they're going to put every little ingredient yeah. in there. And they're going to make sure you use the finest ingredients to make this a special batch of fried chicken. This isn't just some fast food fried chicken that they're just going to pop in. This is some shake and bake that they bought off the fucking store. They're going to throw the chicken in there and then make it real quick yeah. and give it to you. Like, they actually... They put some love into it. Yeah, they're fucking... In, in bromancing the stone thematic, you know, whatever, <laughs> it, theme, Yeah, they put some love into it. Yes. 100%. And it shows through in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and, like, of course, Jake Johnson is, is great at it. Greta Gerwig. It's, it's incredible to see Greta Gerwig, who's now making her own films in Hollywood that are getting nominated for Oscars. And here she was being a friend in this movie. There's Mindy Kaling, Mm -hmm. who's fucking producing and running shows, who has a friend in this movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, just so many talented people just happen to be in this movie. And you're just like... How? <laughs> like, why? And it, they weren't overshadowing one another. They weren't... It wasn't overpowering. It wasn't f- put forced into our faces. I thought it was very... I thought it was a well-done uh, menagerie of, of all of them. Yeah. I agree. 100%. It could have easily been like Valentine's Day, where it was like, you were forcing these storylines into our face. You were showing us that you casted these people. Yes. But it wasn't. Yeah, and it was just like a mismatch of like, yeah. here, we're going to have you do five scenes, and then we're going to cut it together, and we'll make a movie out of it. Yeah, exactly. And here is like, no, we're actually going to take care to make sure the script comes through. Because yeah. like, it, it was initially a good script, and then they got a good direct. And I like that observation yeah. about the uh, that they put effort into it. That's, that's, that's something I hadn't really thought about before, but you're absolutely right. I think that they put a lot of... There is there is some love behind it. Like they yeah. they you can tell they cared about the roles and they everyone kind of like you know the movie kind of came together pretty well. I think for you know it's a simple like you said they're not reinventing the wheel. It's just a simple rom com. But mm-hmm. like it, they just they didn't try to do too much, but they just did enough. But they did it well. Mm-hmm. And and I love the little like little reconnections between actors and like so like there's jake johnson and liz merriweather they end up working together on yeah we also saw nasim padrad yeah in the background early on background as an extra on the film who also was a new is a writer of new girl too isn't she Uh, or no her her sister sister is yeah writer uh nina padrad and then also lake bell and asha kutcher were in the film what happens in vegas which is a movie we could do down the line um, but that movie was better than it should have been. It wasn't great, but it's better than it should have been. Cameron Diaz too. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I may have seen that once. Yeah, that's the one with the joke. You know what you did. And oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't he pee in a sink? Yeah, I think. I think Ralph that's Horton, literally all I remember about that and movie. Like he wins a court case and he stands on a chair yelling, "I'm the fucking law." <laughs> Which see, like there are little bits like it's just like that's way too good to like be in this shitty rom com. We could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll get, get to we'll that get one at some point. Um, but like, there's a little reunion there. Um, yeah, there are. I did read that while looking up Tasty Tidbits that there were a lot of little reunions, mm-hmm. a lot of little, not coincidences, but yeah, those like. Yeah, just like. Crossovers. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, I love seeing that. That's. It reminds you that, you know, Hollywood is, is not some magical place, that these are people and mm-hmm. these are actors and like. They have different lines of work. And And they're going to cross paths. Yeah. They develop relationships and friendships and stuff, too, just like any other line of work. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, I mean, we we keep coming back to the effort, just like the little twists of things. Like, they followed a well-known recipe, but, you know, the whole date, like Natalie Portman, like, Emma. Oh, I love that date. Their their well, actual date. Well, and like she that hole is my bitch. Yeah, like she wins the pup fight, and then but then it all fucking fails at the once he tells her he's falling for her, like mm-hmm. it breaks the yeah. window, and then she starts like pushing him and like hitting him, and then like she jumps on his bag and tries to choke him. <laughs> like and it's comedic, but it's also like fuck, like you're ruining this sort of thing. And then their so, little like, their fight. Throughout the, uh, I forget what that that light sculpture is called in LA, but yeah, it, that, I've been there. That's, if you haven't been there, that's, that's a really about, yeah. cool. The, have you been there? The LACMA thing? No, I haven't been there. But oh, it is the LACMA thing. You're right. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like it's not yeah. anything more than what you'd see on the screen, but uh, yeah, it is really cool. Even during the day, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh yeah, even their little fight throughout that, like Yeah, like that was just like, you a, fight different like a hamster. Type of, yeah, like that's just a different type of you know a different type of fight. Yeah. It's their own little twist on everything. Yeah. And then you know, he says he can't see her again. Like, yeah. And then when she calls, he's not immediately coming back to her sort of thing. Right. And And then even when and even when he's like he's willing to listen to her again, he tells her he she needs to come see him face to face. Yep, and I'm she here. Realizes that sort of thing. There's the part where you mentioned where she just goes fuck. Yeah, and then she goes and gets it. There's the sister, the bride, who is like the or, donut, or the donut she holes. she shows up and to to see him and, and sees him with Lake Bell. Yes, and then realizes I've lost him. Yeah. And, and that's when she and, and that's when, when she, she says I lost it. No, I lost him. That's I what thought he, she said I lost it. No, she says I lost him. Oh, and I lost I thought I lost it would be a better line. Really? I think I lost him is better. I lost it is a better line because it is like I like love, like I had love in the palm of my hand. Not necessarily him as a human being. Oh, I see what you mean. I lost it as in love as in the thing, the thing everyone talks about. The yeah. thing she has in getting married tomorrow. I lost it. Maybe she does say that. I don't know. You can't really tell. 
I think I, I think he, it. I heard him, but maybe yeah. Yeah, you're right. It they kind of sound similar. So, I mean, I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> but but either way. Yeah, either way. The, either way, the the effort and in that scene, crying. She's, yeah, crying. she's crying. She's crying the fuck out of that. Scene, she's yeah. legitimately realizing for the first time in her life that she she was vulnerable. She opened mm-hmm. herself up, mm-hmm. and she got burned, mm-hmm. and it sucks. But she's doing something she'd never done before. Which is owning it. Yeah. She's accepting it. It sucks and it hurts and it's gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. But she followed through with a plan and she's dealing with the consequences. And that's... Like, you're not... Not everything in life is going to be success. Yeah, it's going to suck sometimes. But the fact that you tried and the fact that you did it and the fact that you followed through is sometimes it's its own victory. Mm-hmm. And you can't... You can't hold that against yourself for trying. I agree. Because otherwise you end up like she was for the first 90% of the movie. Closed off, emotionless, mm-hmm. secure, but also very alone. So, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a great movie for for a lot of reasons I, I, for me um for me there was a like i oh my god i feel with this movie like i get this movie yeah you mentioned you know this is a perfect kind of like a microcosm of your 20s it really was how so um well before we get into that the other, the other reason i like it obviously is is because I, I like it for that and then i also like um I also like that it deals with two, what I think are very important, um, uh, I guess, themes for this podcast. The the whole reasons I wanted personally to to work on this podcast with you was that I think think in modern times nowadays that love and sex and emotions and all that stuff get so so convoluted and so mixed up that mm-hmm. you know they they become their own like taboo things that nobody ever wants to really talk about nobody ever wants to open up about but at the same time we all fucking need it we all want it and it's and, and but you don't want to like especially for well i was gonna say especially for guys but no I, it goes both ways like mm-hmm. you you mentioned earlier that you know girls get screwed over constantly with with everything in this movie like all the different things just in real life in general well that's what i mean like in real life in general but like the themes of this movie definitely shows how you know the female sex can get completely fucked over and that they need to protect themselves and close themselves off and not be too vulnerable and and at the same time i think guys do the exact opposite where it's like we get i mean so many guys grow up, myself included, grow up getting taught, whether it's by your parents or by society or whatever, that, you know, you need, you need to be a man. They even mentioned it in this movie yeah. where Ludacris is crying at Adam's showing. Yeah. And he's like, man up, man up. And and then Eli calls him out for crying. He's like, and he's like, you're telling you, the man up, but you're crying at the show. It's like, I love that's the show. not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like. 
we all at some point get told, whether it's by society or your parents or whatever, by peers, especially peers, that you know you need to be tough, you need to be a man, you need to be mm-hmm. you know be strong. It's like, well, what does that mean? First of all, first of all, strength is not any one thing. Yeah, you can be strong in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Second of all, is closing yourself off to emotional comfort and support and intimacy really strength? Is that really how we're fucking measuring it? Because mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you can get burned by it, and it sucks, but like. That's that is a lonely, awful life, and I guess I guess in, in that in in itself that's an opinion too. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's not like Natalie Portman said in an interview. I, that's not how you're born. Humans are not meant to be that way. Yeah, we're supposed to be interconnected. Yeah. We're supposed to to love one another, whether that's platonic or romantic. It doesn't matter. It's still love. Yeah. And the moment you start closing yourself off to that makes us all worse off for it. And I'm I'm glad that this movie in a weird indirect way, it dealt so much with sex and it dealt with love and it dealt with emotions. But in a weird indirect and subtle way, it it addressed that for me anyway. Like I liked that it did that. But anyway, that was that was my weird tangent rant for that, but uh Going, going back to uh, what you asked about, when did you ask? Oh, uh, why? How it associates with the twenties? How it associates with my twenties? Um, like I, I get the whole like, not drama, but the whole th- that whole complication where you don't want to necessarily open yourself up, but you're finally to a point in your life where you realize that oh, I actually need this. Like I need these feelings. I need this intimacy level, but I don't, I'm not quite ready to open myself up. Mm. I get that on a very surface level. That alone is enough to like, Oh my God. Like that whole, that whole wrestling of a relationship between Ashton Kutcher's character and Natalie Portman's character. Like, Oh my God. Like I love this movie for that because it's both gut wrenching and also like weirdly nostalgic and like, like I fucking get it. And there's a weird part of me that's like, I like that. Like, I like, I like that weird, like, tension and pushing and pulling and will they, won't they kind of, you know. Vibe. Vibe, yeah. yeah. And it's, but only if, of course, it ends in, in a happy way, of course. Um, but aside from that, I definitely, like, I, like, that's, Kevin Klein is my dad. Like, that is my dad in that movie. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my father. Uh, without the fame. Without the fame. And the, and the catchphrase. Um, and thankfully, without sleeping with one of my exes. But, I, you know, <laughs> with his tendencies... <laughs> can't count it out I yet. Can't count it out, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think he listens to this podcast. But, uh, <laughs> um. If he does, Dad, I love you. But, you know, we're different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that the relationship that they have outside of that is definitely very similar. Um, even, like, the occasional heart-to-heart talk where he's in the hospital bed at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad and I have had that once, once in a blue moon where it's like I get him out of his box and he 
says something like actually emotional and acknowledges that I am a different person and I am different from him and that it's okay that I'm different and it might even be better that I'm different, that I'm more emotional and more open. Um, so I get that. I also, uh, like, obviously I, I get Ashton Kutcher's character. Like, I fucking, oh my god, I've been there way too many times to admit. <laughs> um, and have tried, like, uh, so many of his tricks, like, I actually have, like, fucking done. <laughs> like, I could see you going to uh, someone who you've just had sex with workplace with a balloon. Yeah, that's totally me. <laughs> And the line too. Where and the he, whole congrats, some yeah. Where, he, where, what for having sex with you? Well, yeah, you did a good job. I thought you deserved a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> the way he so innocently says it, like trying to make up for the obvious fact that it's wrong. Yeah, but trying to do it in a cute way. Totally get it. Um, and lastly, I I definitely I actually. Like, I get Natalie Portman's character. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying to begin our segment on this, was that you were saying something about... Um, Just the the motivation for why she was the way she was yes. was kind of... Wasn't quite shown in the movie. Right. And and I get that. I, I agree. Like, Other I think, than her dad died. And that's not and enough. Even then that's not was, a very good reason. Yeah, that wasn't enough. And she, and was, she like was already that like that before. That. Yeah. Exactly. Um... And while from a movie perspective, I, I think I would agree with you that it, it definitely would have helped if they'd explain that a little bit more. Yeah. I personally never read into it, I guess, until you mentioned it. So take that how you will. But I also, like, I, I, I get that. Like, I grew up, I grew up, you know, Ashton Kutcher's character, mm-hmm. where I was open and emotional and that that's who i am even to this day i love being you know romantic and the big gestures that's why i love rom-coms i'm a sucker yeah but over time whether it's you know like we've already discussed society or peers or your career or whatever problems in that you that you deal with throughout life adulthood growing up things close you up and I, I feel with her character because I know from a personal standpoint that I did the exact same thing when it came down to how to deal with certain emotional issues, like my parents going through the divorce, I focused more on my career, just like she did. She focuses all of her passion on her career. She's a doctor. She's pushed herself through school. She doesn't need anyone else. She becomes independent. I did the same fucking thing. Where it's like, deep down inside, I know I can't be that person. I want to be with someone. I want a partner. I want an equal. But I'm going to spend every ounce of my fucking being convincing myself and the rest of the world that I can be independent (laughs) and I can be alone. And I all I need is my career. And then when you finally get that career, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'm still alone. And you want someone to share it with. <laughs> and I want someone to share it with. Yeah. So I get it. Like, I guess for me, that's, that's really why I chose this movie is like it, to me, it's a, it's a great, simple 
rom-com. But for me personally, it it was more than that. It yeah. had a lot of good messages in it. It dealt with a lot of it dealt with a lot of issues and a lot of things that I think are universal that I think a lot of people grow up dealing with, whether it's emotional stuff or sex stuff or whatever. I think I think it, it kind of starts to very subtly deal with some of that stuff and at least show different ways of, I don't know, letting those issues surface or dealing with them or whatever. And yeah. I liked that. Which I think it can also, you know, give credit to the script. Once again, yeah. Liz Mayweather. The script was very good. Yes. She does, she does a really good job with uh with the initial writing of of things so do we have a kiss for this i was about to say like i'm trying to find a segue but i can't really find a segue so we'll just go into it uh what do you think the kiss is in the movie um i don't know because like for me it's when the two girls are are both in love and they're making out on his couch (laughs) no i'm kidding <laughs> we don't have the Italian kiss in this episode. <laughs> when when Joy and, and the other pumpkin are making out on Adam's couch. <laughs> you look like a pumpkin, bitch. <laughs> That's that scene always makes me laugh. It's <laughs> so I, fucking funny. I mean, Natalie Portman is so fucking great. Just, I, as like I love her I spunkiness that's, and her that's the perfect insult because when you watch it you're just like that's not a great insult. it's not an insult but, but at the same time it's hilarious. when you think of where she is she's drunk as mm-hmm. fuck and mad that someone she cares about is possibly in a threesome with two other girls and is going to attack those girls and the first thing she can come up with is pumpkin so that's what the fuck is going with drunk as hell fucking hilarious. Like, and she's like okay that all makes sense and checks out yeah Oh, one other one other connection I did make. Uh, I also I now understand what it's like to date someone in the medical field. That's all I will say on that matter. <laughs> I understand the uh, difficult hours. Okay. That's all I will say on that matter. So as far as a kiss in the movie. For me, I would say the kiss of the movie is the last kiss of the movie that they have. Um, at When they reunite and they have their kiss outside the ER. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. It Like, they have multiple kisses. There, I mean, there's the first kiss on the bed where, like, yeah. right before they have sex. But I think the sex is actually yeah. more of the star than the actual kiss. And we're, we're going off of what we go off of, which is, like, the kiss in the movie is kind of, like, the kiss. It's not thing. a, yeah. Then it's got to be their kiss outside the ER. I think the buildup's okay. Like, it, it, it all is just okay. The one thing I will give it is, once again, it's like the the emotion is very realistic. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, when they're actually kissing, it's more of like, you know, pecs, pecs. Like they're so happy and to be in each other's arms and embrace again that they're going at it like just like they're not holding yeah. lips together. They're just pow, like kiss, 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 sort of thing. Like because they're just so happy to be right. kissing each other again to be with each other because. It's been over six weeks, you know, since they which last with each other. Again, which kind of realistic, like that's when you're banging all the time. But I mean that, 
that would be actually now that I think about it like that's a good kiss for me what should have been the kiss and was obviously a deleted scene that they put on the ending in the credits hmm. was the one where he just like grabs her and kisses her in the park Oh, yeah, that was a really good kiss. Yeah, like he just grabs her and kisses her, and it's like, this is kind of out of place. But then you look at what they're wearing. That was actually when they had the little, like, barbecue picnic in the park, and he was throwing the Frisbee, and he says that that guy has really small hands. Is it really? They're wearing the same exact outfits. No. So it was a deleted scene. Are you shitting me? It was a deleted scene for when she was like, so what was that text about? Like, in their whole, like talk that they had oh my god they deleted it from that like at least are you sure that was the same outfits yes because she was wearing that dress and i remember like when i saw the scene initially i was like she looks really good in that dress and i realized after she after he walked away she's just like looking at him she was wearing that same dress and it's like oh that was actually in that scene like so they cut it out but then they added it back at the credits for some reason well, because it's a fucking good kiss. Because it's a good kiss. It's a good kiss. So I think that's really the kiss of the movie, but they technically cut it out of the movie and just added it as at the end of the credits. Well, I kind of liked I kind of liked it at the credits because it shows their relationship starting to develop in that in that narrative. Anyway, it, it shows how their relationship is starting to develop. Finally, I also lo- I love how the movie ended with them like getting breakfast. Finally, like yeah. The whole movie is about lust and sex and everything, and then it, it it's all reversed. It's like the reverse rom-com, where yeah. it's like nothing but sex, and then the end is final, finally like actual cute intimacy. Yeah. And it's like they're just getting breakfast. They're just holding hands. They're, yeah. you know, like they're just... And then the movie ends with them cuddling with their clothes on. Yeah. Which is something that they talked about in the movie. Yeah saying that it was bad while they were trying to just be yeah. sex buddies. But I, lo- I love that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm a sucker but for that. But Overall, as far as the kisses, I'm going to give them C+. Because... Wait, both or just the actual, like, outside the emergency room? Both, and here's why. So outside the emergency room, I like the real motion of, like, how they kissed. But the buildup was very cliche it wasn't of course it like and then ashton kutcher just has to say some like clever line and not be like it's always some sort of like clever line that ashton kutcher has no matter what valentine's day he did the same fucking thing what happens in vegas he does the same fucking thing like he just always has a clever line as opposed to just being in the moment and i don't know why they feel like ashton kutcher has to be that way but i mean I think that was the, yeah. their one rom-com moment that's, where it's like that's you the have whole the very silly, typical you know, line. Silly, oh, well, the, anyway. Um, so, like, but, the yeah, I give that a C plus, And then I give the kiss that they had in the park a C plus because if it was actually where it was supposed to be, it could have been an A. Because, like, I love mm. the thought of if they had kept it where it was, where he was a little jealous of, you know, her connection with that other douchey doctor and that he sent that text. She's mm-hmm. like, what the hell is going on? And he's like, nothing, da-da-da-da. And then just kind of as like a sly, you know, fuck you, sly, you know what you have here. He like pulls her in and kisses her, and then she just kind of looks at him like while he's walking away. And like kind of that, that's an A. Like that's a, that's a fantastic little, 
you know, yeah, a fantastic little scene, point. especially yeah. like in that moment, because at that part of the story, they've banged a bunch of times. There's obviously feelings there, and it kind of gives the idea of this is this is turning up. Like it, it's a nice little turn up of like the whole relationship, but I but they cut it out. I feel like that was a mistake, and so putting it at the tail end in the credits just kind of feels like a. Hey, we thought this was really cool and good looking, but we didn't really feel comfortable. Well, I thought it, in it was the movie, great so until you pointed out that it was cut out. But now that you pointed that out, yeah, if you look back at it, you'll realize she's wearing the same exact dress, and so it was cut out. And it was obvious that it was That's cut crazy. out. Crazy. So I so it gets a C plus because they didn't have confidence of keeping it in the movie. Hmm. But anyway, what about you? I would, <coughs> I would grade. I think I would grade both a B. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I agree with your comments about the the, the kiss in the park. I, I definitely think that could have been better. Now that now that you point that out, that it could have been, or that it was part of that scene, and it was probably a cut scene. Kind of like I kind of wish they'd kept it in. Yeah. But I also like that it was at the end, and before I realized that it was part of the park scene, I liked that it. I personally thought it was showing how their relationship was developing. Yeah. And they were still kind of like... Like, oh, they're still in love after all this time sort of thing. Not even just in love. I would say like I would say that they're still um, kind of... There's still that hot passion of no, the... No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I would say that they're still trying things out, I guess. Like, they're still like... They're still dipping their toes into the relationship thing. Like, they know what they're capable of at the utmost level, at the sex level. Mm -hmm. Like, the ultimate level of physicality. They already know what they're like at that level. So now they're trying out all these other things that are societally much lower in priority. But in reality, are much more vulnerable and important and arguably better at times depending on how you handle them and so i like that they're like i liked that kiss because it it showed that they still have that like lustful tendency towards each other mm -hmm. but then it's like okay we're passionate but yeah, we're still you know we're still we're testing the waters we're still like testing each other's boundaries and seeing mm -hmm. if, if we can still exert a little bit of power in the relationship and remind each other that no, we're still we're still good at this. Each of us is still good at you know our own thing. So I like that. But unfortunately, that's not it because as well, I that but that's until you pointed the damn thing out. <laughs> that's what I read it as. Um, yeah. And then uh, the emergency room. Yeah, I would grade it as a B as well because because it was it was definitely cheesy. It was definitely like very classic rom rom com. But I also liked that it was classic rom com because everything else up until then was like. It was unique. It was yeah, it was relatively unique. It was it was a little different. Yeah. And then that was like it wasn't like the whole movie was filled with these Ashton Kutcher one-liners or anything. Yeah. I liked that it was this one line that was if you come any closer, I'm not letting go. Because as cheesy and and corny as that that's is, like, that's a big fucking ball of brie right there. I am such a sucker for that shit because it's like that because he's dealt with this whole fucking film. Yeah. With her pulling away with with her closing up. Yeah. And he's finally like 
he's you like they keep showing his face and he does a pretty good job i think of of emotionally showing that mm-hmm. like i am trying i'm an emotional guy and i'm trying to be as strong as i possibly can be in this moment because i know you're fucking trouble mm-hmm. and i know you're going to destroy me again if i let if i even remotely let you in so i'm trying to be strong and i'm not moving and you can see it in his face that he's like he's cracking he's already like he's he's struggling and she goes you know will you say something please and that's when he's like just you know like stop stop Mm-mm. don't move if you come any closer i'm not letting you go it's it's cheesy on the surface but to me it meant more than that it was more of like it was a warning like i've been here before i've dealt with this the whole fucking time with you and I can't take it anymore. And I'm mustering every ounce of strength that I have to close myself off and to try to resist you. And I'm telling you, I'm being honest, if you come any closer, I, I, I'm not letting go. I'm, I'm going to open up again and hold on. And then I liked that she didn't have to say anything. She just went at him. That was, that was a nice moment. But the kiss, like you said, the kiss itself wasn't the typical rom-com kiss. But at the same time, I also kind of liked that it was a more realistic kiss of like pecking and enjoying that they were finally... Back in each other's embrace. Yeah, back in yeah. each other's embrace. So I'd give it a solid B. That's fair. A long-winded B. <laughs> yeah, uh... And yeah, as far as what happens after ever after, I mean, they pretty much did that for me in the credits. They really did. They covered yeah. all the bases, <laughs> except for one. Yeah. What happens between Emma's mother and Bones? They bone. Well, they continue. They bone. continue to bone. But I like to think that they. I mean, Bones looks like he rides motorcycles. He does. He looks like he likes to go on cross-country road trips on his Harley and do random shit. So I feel like he and the mother ride off to Sturgis for the big motorcycle rally that happens there. And they end up getting married there. And then there's another cut scene that they didn't show of everyone in Sturgis, South Dakota for the big, huge motorcycle rally. Seeing her and Bones getting married. And they're just standing there off to the side, just amongst all these motorcycle people in this small ass town. Like, what is going on? But she's happy. So there we are. I would amend that, that on their way back, they stopped at Burning Man and, and, <laughs> and ran into Kevin and, Klein's character and, and Lake, Lake Bell's. Bell's getting married at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. There we go. That's what happens after ever happens. I dig it. Anyway, so uh, we've come down we've to come it. To the verdicts. The verdicts. Uh, for Renee, me, you go first. For me, I really liked this film. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good film. It was just well written, and you know, like there's just a. I laughed a lot. It was well done. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say like I connected with it as much emotionally as like you have, like, yeah. Because I mean, I just didn't have the same 
I just haven't had the same well, yeah, that's, that's totally, yeah. <laughs> like I just, that's I just totally haven't fair. had yeah you know so I like I, I didn't quite connect with you're it arguably better point. off for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm not saying that's the way to go <laughs> but at the same time it's just it's well fucking done so because of that it's it's not necessarily one that like it's not necessarily ahead of other films in mm. like the list of films I will watch again, but I will watch this film again. So it's a Mary for me. Really? Yes. It's well done, and it's well, and it's hilarious. I'm honored that I it, it could introduce you to a film that you'd a rom com no less that you'd never yeah. seen, and you would marry it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a matchmaker. <laughs> Yeah, I, right. I I I will watch it again, and I I I you know just sort of the the same way I'll watch a, a new girl episode where it, you know it's just like yeah. I'm gonna laugh at this and everything else like that. So I think the one thing that holds it back, and I mean I like Ashton Kutcher, I like Natalie Portman, but as I mentioned at the very beginning, they're not actors that I'm like I have to go see them. Right. In this movie, they are basically themselves. Yeah. You mentioned that in the interview. Like, mm-hmm. they are basically themselves on the film, which is what makes it so easygoing and makes it so nice to watch and make makes it so, you know, of good quality. But at the same time, it's also because I don't necessarily feel that strong connection with them as actors, It their relationship isn't, like, Something I like swooned over. I was right. rooting for it, but I didn't necessarily swoon over it. So I'll watch it again, but and I'll I still marry it, but there's still other There's so, things there's things potentially holding. Yeah, you back. like I would still root more for Dermot Mulroney and Deborah Messing <laughs> in the wedding day. Or especially Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan and well, of course, Miss Allen. But I mean we've we've gone over those. Of course. Or, you know. Yeah, other, other films we've talked well, about. Well, I'm glad. But yes. How about you? I um, think we know. Yeah, I would marry it. Yeah. I'd marry the shit out of this movie. <laughs> I, this is one of my favorites. Um, in fact, I uh, yesterday at work, I was looking at Amazon and I was going to buy it. Because I was like, I don't know how I don't already own it. Yeah. And... But it was already included. With it was Prime. already included in Didn't Prime. So I was like... this bitch today. I guess I'll wait because it's... Yeah. But I definitely need to add it to my collection because I, I love the hell out of it. Um, yeah. And I love it. It's for personal reasons, like I already said. Like yeah. most above all else, um, like I connect with it. I get it for multiple reasons. I also I also love both Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher as actors. And they make a, for me, they make a, a surprising duo. Like I would not have expected them to have the realistic real world chemistry that they actually have. And I think if they tried to play any sort of other rom-com couple, it wouldn't have worked. But the fact that they played to their strengths and they played realish characters, I think it worked. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's some other Ashton Kutcher rom-coms on the list that we've already watched what one yeah valentine's day yeah but i mean we'll watch he was a, there's a couple more on the list uh, he's in what new year's eve 
He's in New Year's Eve. Um, I mean, down the line, what happens in Vegas? Uh, what happens in Vegas? A lot before. like love. A lot like love is another one. Um, yeah. So we I had a, I we had a run of rom coms. Yeah, I I definitely like Ashton Kutcher in a rom com. Oh, um, no. I was going to say Just Friends for some reason. I have no idea why I was going to say Just Friends. No, uh, Just Married? Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. the one with Brittany Murphy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I haven't seen that one before. I Yeah, I, I don't think... I can't consciously remember anything from the movie, but... Um, anyway. Anyway. So I'd marry it. I think it's, I think it's a good movie, and I think, um, I think from a rom-com perspective, like you said... I think you summed it up perfectly. I won't repeat it, but um, I, I also think it's worth watching. Like I said, from a from a societal perspective, I think it deals with some stuff that you could read into, and that you can, you know, I think that it's important to to acknowledge and to to acknowledge that we all grew up with those kind of guards and and um, those kind of expectations about love and about relationships and stuff. It's a, like I said, it's the whole reason, not the whole reason, but it's. A large reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you was that I think it's important for people to kind of, I don't know, delve into that stuff and realize, like, look, we're all here because we want to feel a connection. We want to actually, not necessarily with, you know, another romantic person, but, you know, we want to feel a connection, whether it's with our experiences or our life or our coworkers or whatever, our friends, parents, whatever we're all here to enjoy life. And if we're not going to be emotionally available for it, then life isn't really worth living. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's also the most terrifying fucking thing on earth to be mm-hmm. emotionally available. So I think it's always a, a good, a good thing to subtly investigate with rom-coms in a more comedic atmosphere. So for me, that's why I liked it. I dig it. I would definitely add it to my collection. In fact, I will probably go drunkenly buy it on Amazon tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, So you can find us on our socials, Instagram, Bromancing the Stone Podcast, Twitter, Bro the Stone Pod. Uh, And then you can find myself on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep, and that's without the E in super. So S-U-P-R, Market Sweep. And on Instagram, I'm Relusa88, so that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And Max is on Instagram. I'm at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yeah, so you can find us all there. And then the next movie we're going to do, hey, kid. Oh, wait, what, what, what are we doing? What are oh, we doing? man, we've kept it a secret yeah, we kept this it a whole secret. time. This is super we, secret stuff. Yeah, you have, I'm sure you haven't figured it out by now. Should we give them a code to crack? Like, <laughs> should we do a scavenger hunt? No. Uh, so it's technically my choice, but uh, Max and I, we were texting, uh, and like he was putting posts uh, all week leading up to this episode of scenes from Jesus. this movie. I know you can hear Neighbors people. are having a party. Yeah. So. Wow. It's a party in the hallway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, as you can see, we're in a very professional studio. Yes. AKA, the Sky High Studio. Yeah. A.K.A. Max's apartment. Definitely. Uh, but anyway, I'll just, we'll, we'll keep Where it Where were we? We'll keep that all in. Anyway, so the movie we're going to do, 
uh, we were texting. Um, I was texting Max about like his little posts, and then I realized that there was a movie that was directly linked to this one. You don't say. And you mentioned it involved the wife of the main actor in this movie. And also the original title. And the original title of the of this script. Movie. It's called Friends with Benefits. Friends with so Benefits. So the two-part episode, the second part will be Friends with Benefits. We'll go into the direct like comparisons between the two in the next episode. Uh, along with just, of course, reviewing that other movie. And giving our verdicts and everything else, but I'm really excited to go into like how, oh, how similar they are. I'm really yeah, excited to drink more margaritas and do round two and, of this night. And yeah, and f- to go by the scenes, we're about to watch that movie immediately after we end this episode, and then record that episode after watching it. So it's gonna be a punchy one. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be a good one. So. It's gonna be a good night. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get going because we got more movie and episodes to record. <laughs> uh, but we love y'all. We thank y'all. Love y'all. And we will talk to you very soon. Peace. <laughs>